Hello everyone, Carter here, bringing you another episode of Out of the Hourglass, presented by Nolan Consulting Group. Today's episode features NCG Business Coach and Director of Operations, Katherine Freeman, as well as Nolan Pinning's Director of Human Resources, Colleen Nolan. Katherine and Colleen discuss the difficulty of managing HR in the various stages of COVID-19, and how Colleen is making sure that Nolan Painting stays on top of the HR game in the midst of a pandemic. And don't forget about our upcoming bootcamp, HR in a Changing World, available exclusively to Summit members, being held virtually starting July 28th. For more information regarding how to register, reach out to your coach or send an email to info at nolancg.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show! Well, thanks, Carter, very much for the introduction. Um, I am here with Colleen Nolan. I'll ask her to introduce herself in a moment. Uh, We're here uh, on Juneteenth in uh, June, and, uh, you know, what what an interesting day and time for us to be talking about the things and the the changing world of human resources. Uh, But thank you, Colleen. Thanks for joining us, if you wouldn't mind. Who are you and sure. what do you do? <laughs> sure. Um, so I'm the director of HR here at Nolan Painting. I've been here for, I guess, about four and a half years now. Um, prior to that, I was in operations for a book publisher. And we were a fairly small but grown company, so HR was very much at my, my purview there. But um, I, you know, about five years ago, I was approached to joined Nolan Painting, so obviously I'm, I'm working here for my dad and have been for the last four and a half years, so the last three months of which have been <laughs> challenging. the most interesting, yes, yeah, yeah, interesting is a nice word, interesting is yeah, a nice word. challenging is the more apt word, <laughs> yeah, um, so today we're gonna, we're gonna run through uh, a number of topics, uh, some of which is just a keep our listeners in the loop what's happening at Nolan Painting and some of the clients that uh, across the country, what they're doing. Uh, but also, we're, we're going to be doing a human resource changing world boot camp here in July. And I, we thought it would be a great opportunity to just highlight some of the topics that we're going to hit there. So today, we're going to be going over some recruiting information, safety, communication, and then our always favorite culture topic. So let's let's jump right in if we could. So what how has the recruiting landscape changed for Nolan painting in the last you know 3 months? Yeah, I mean, I think what's been the most interesting is that we had a plan and a strategy for 2020 um which we had to regroup on but there was so much limbo time where we didn't even really know what the regroup looked like. You know, it was just so uncertain for so long. So we were closed for six weeks. We reopen, and we just sort of have no idea what it's going to look like. So it became apparent pretty quickly, I would say within two weeks of reopening, that there was really a lot of demand. So, you know, we had this strange thing where you know, we really weren't in a position where we could bring everybody back, both in the field and some of the staff. But we have this really huge backlog, which is one, just our regular seasonal work and demand that we've been getting. And two, all this pent up demand from six weeks of being closed, um, you know, and six weeks of people being in their homes and 
discovering projects. Right. That they... Looking around their <laughs> living room and saying, exactly. wow, like, we really, I really need some painting We need done. a paint job. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. When like, it'd be, you know, the, the most exciting thing you do in a day is leave your house. And as you're walking back to your house, you realize maybe you could use a paint job. Um, but so, you know, then it became clear that we really did need to start recruiting again. Um, we, and then of course there's the added layer that we had already committed spend and you know had contracts with advertisers which we were going to be spending on recruiting so there was really a lot to consider in those first couple weeks like what was this going to look like and and how is it going to play out but again at the end of the day the demand has been there so there, there really has been a need to recruit what i've found is that there's just a lot of volatility um, you know, we do have a lot of turnover generally of, you know, our first 90-day folks. And what we found is when we reopened, among the people who we were able to bring back in, you know, our first wave, a lot of those people who had been more long-standing, you know, so a year-plus employees, did come back to us for a few weeks and have, you know, since then moved on, you know, elsewhere and for just every reason you can imagine. I was um, gonna ask, is it like better opportunities, more money? So, I mean, some of that, um, some just circumstance and, you know, have had to relocate. Um, so just really no kind of common thread, um, which of course makes it hard for us to, you know, sort of assess what's going on. We really, it's in a way, it's back to basics. Well, like, is our, is our compensation competitive, you know? Like just kind of having some of that gut check stuff. Um, are we doing all the right things still, and tweaking as needed? But you know, we really feel confident that we are. So it's sort of back to really the recruiting structure that we already had in place. You know, I personally am really, really process driven. You know, it's when things are complicated and challenging, I can fall back on that. You know, I know how to do this. This is how we do it. These are the boxes that we check before moving forward with anything. So falling back on that has, has sort of allowed me to, to kind of navigate and have some sense of normalcy during all this. Now, um, one of the things that we were talking about is your, so your feet on the street goal is, is pretty high, um, but part of the, uh, part of the re, I guess, re-evaluating what the goals are going to be means that there were some changes made to the human resource department, Correct. right? Now you're doing all of that work. I'm doing all of it, yeah. <laughs> and and you're smiling, which, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still standing. You're still standing. <laughs> um, we could break into song here. Right, right. Um, but so, I mean, how are you, you know, there's, you just mentioned a lot of information. How are you handling all of that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely been challenging, you know, again, I feel and this is kind of a reoccurring theme for me, but we had so much structure in place already that you know I would be lost and totally rudderless without that now. You know, when I am kind of feeling like I'm looking at, at all of this and it all just feels completely overwhelming, I'm like, okay, well, I can go back to this thing that, I, that we know how to do and you know, we have a lot of process for and communication built around and, you know, things that, that work really well, I can kind of go back to that. Um, and, and, and so really it's that, it's you know, taking kind of one thing at a time. It's, it's been challenging, you know, especially, especially because you know, it's, it sort of feels like, and this is true for everybody, the goals of 2020 
originally have taken a backseat. Goals with goals. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's, it's sort of, you know, I wouldn't say it's quite the same survival mode that it was, but there's still a little bit of that happening, you know, just kind of like get it done and keep plowing forward. Um, right. And that's okay. That's an okay place to be for a little while. It is. And I, you know, you mentioned the structure there. We've, we've got, you know, we hit that in a lot of the topics we're going to talk about today. But, you know, there are business owners and human resource professionals out there for whom um, just knowing that it, you know, getting through this stack of applications or the virtual stack of applications and getting through, you know, this benefits uh, enrollment period, all of it is is going to lead you to a better human resource department. Yeah, for absolutely. sure. Yeah. So um, one of the things we talked about as well as that safety piece. So that's another, uh, safety is another really structured environment. And tell me a little bit about how your process, the Nolan painting process has changed or not, as the case may be. Yeah, I would say it hasn't. I would say that, you know, everything that we've done in response to um, the pandemic it really has been an integration into our current safety program versus a reinvention. Um, so we have a dialogue every day, a safety dialogue called a safety huddle um, that's happening out in the field and basically integrating, okay, well, let's do a symptoms check. Let's do an exposure check. Let's have lots of communication about that. You know, we were able to just kind of build that into an existing system, which was really, you know, a system that tracks, but really is a communication system and a communication tool. Is it a is it a web form and on Smartsheets? Yep, it's so a web form on Smartsheets. There's incentive to get it done okay. because it is a PFP pay for performance bonus point. So it needs to happen on every job every day. So the folks on the the team at the worksite know that they need to get that done in a given day. Um, we can see the results of it. So they're going through and listing everybody on the job listing if they have any symptoms or any issues to speak of that might be um, you know, related to, to you know, an illness or um, any type of coronavirus symptoms. So really very much about integration um, versus reinvention. And I think that you know, the amount of work that you all did to make safety a number one priority for years is now helping you. Right. Absolutely. Structures in place. Yeah, I, I think this would have, it would have felt insurmountable if not for the work that had already been done. You know, there just were so many challenges between being shut down and, you know, the unknowns and then the reopening that if we were starting from scratch with safety, it would have been, you know, I, I can't even imagine like trying to get, trying to convince everybody all of a sudden that we needed to care. Right. <laughs> would have been really, really hard when there were so many other priorities. Really, it's like, okay, this was already a priority. So right. what are we, what are we going to do differently? How are we just going to adjust it given everything that's going on? Right. And I think the, the lesson it here is, you know, the, the pandemic has certainly shined a light on the need for a safety program. So whether you've got one in place already like you do, or you're thinking, I, I really do need to implement one, um, this really does explore why it is that it's important. Because you don't know what's around the corner. You don't, you can't really, you don't have a crystal ball what's around the corner and having a structure in place really can help with that. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, there's physical safety, ladder safety, you know, checking somebody's temperature, but there's also that cultural safety too. Uh, and one of the things that I think is um, pretty fantastic about the Nolan Painting Organization is that not only are you tracking, are you wearing a safety harness if you're on a lift, but there is a great culture of somebody being able to speak up, right? So tell me a little bit about how you guys have really fostered that as a as an environment. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's really just, it's a top-down thing, you know, so there's expectations really from the top, because there's always that give and take, like, well, if we're trying to be produce X amount, like, where do you cut corners there? You know, is it safety? Is it, you know, quality? Right. <laughs> um, so for us, you know, one of the ways that I can think of is having supervisors who are really bought into safety being the priority and the utmost, you know, so-and-so letting somebody who's not trained on ladders go on ladders because it'll help them accomplish something or get more done, you know, I know that we have supervisors who aren't buying that. Right. <laughs> they're going to be, they're going to pump the brakes on that and say, you know, they're not trained. We haven't had a conversation about it. So it's, it's not, it's not worth it. It's not, it's not how we're going to approach this or how we're going to deal with this. So I, th I think it's really that, you know, it's like you, if you know it's going to fall on deaf ears or that nobody really cares, you're, you're not going to bother speaking up about something. Right. But if you know that, if the organization has made it really clear, you know, that that is a priority, then there's, there's really, you know, much more safety in, in being able to say something if there's um, any type of discomfort. And really just communication in general, like lots of communi communication all the time. All the time, over, <laughs> over, over, and over again. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, the, um, the communication over and over again, when I came into the office, I was wearing my face mask. Um, because there's signs on the door saying if you're coming into the building and you're not a regular, you know, you're not here regularly, wear a face mask. Um, that was likely a big topic of conversation, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's, the, you know, the same is true for if I'm, if, if I'm on a recruiting call, phone call, and I'm setting up an interview, we still are doing in-person interviews here. We're doing them in the room that we're in now, which is larger um, than the room we had done it in previously. Um, but I ask folks, you know, please make sure that you wear a mask into the building and, you know, for the duration of the interview. So just, you know, constantly talking about, well, what, what are our, our expectations? How can we, you know, fit this into what we, you know, are currently doing? What do we need to change? So, yeah, I mean, we're, we are regularly having conversations about that. But again, that structure is... The structure for those conversations is in place already. You know, we have weekly meetings about all of this. Right, right. <laughs> and, and more. And what I appreciate is that there is, there is nothing left to chance. I mean, you're even, even with the person who's coming in for an interview that may or may not even get the job, you're making it clear from the outset. Uh, and that, that, I think, is a cultural piece that is important for everybody to, to get and understand. Um, Tell me a little bit about so uh, the orientation. So we're we're in the big conference room for anybody who's been to a first descent or has been to the Nolan Painting offices. We've got a pretty large uh, conference room on the first floor, a lot of space. We are I don't know maybe 12, 12 15 feet apart. Um, 
but you're doing orientation in here. How, how are people coming into that? Yeah, so we, I, I basically asked that if anybody was ever, you know, we had chairs which we were six feet apart. I asked if anybody was ever out of their chair to please be wearing their mask. Um, you know, we are a business that operates in person, on site. You know, we paint customers' homes at their houses. Right. Um, Kevin said, I've heard Kevin say that so often. We do not work from home. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not an option for no, us. No. Um, so I, I think that that, you know, even from from a cultural perspective, but, but you know, to go back to orientation, um, it's, it's really disorienting to meet a new employee and not be able to see their full face. And you know, when we interviewed with them, we couldn't see their full face. One of the things that, that we talk about at the very end of orientation is look the customer in the eye and smile. And of course, the mask, you know, are they, is somebody smiling? You know, we, we don't right, know. We're right. all doing all these like elaborate eyebrow things to try to show, <laughs> right, 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 right. To try to show emotion, exactly. But so, um, we decided we did want to be able to see each other's faces while people were stationary and sitting in their chairs. So I just said, you know, please, if you're in your chair, have your mask off because we do think that this <laughs> facial recognition piece of orientation is important. Um, but when you're moving around the building to go to the restroom to come or go from from your seat, please make sure that you're wearing a mask. Um, and you know, it's it's really that seems like a common sense way right. to to deal with it. Right. And it is, it's all then, you know, right, right, wrapped right back into that. What are, what are the expectations? Uh, what about, what about communication in general? So, uh, you know, there's um, uh, so much of what we do and talk about, even on a, on a, just on a basic coaching level, has to do with communication. How often are you guys meeting, you know, daily, weekly, yeah, I, it's, it almost feels like we have, we've had meetings about meetings. <laughs> like, you know, how are we, is what we're doing now working? When do we want to pivot? <laughs> so really throughout this, I mean, when we were first shut down, that was kind of the constant, you know, trying to assess what type of communication needed to happen. Um, and it's strange because that, when we were shut down, everything was so different and disorienting that it really took a few weeks to be like, okay, we think that what we're doing is effective. Right. <laughs> you know, like we, and if not, we would have pivoted from that. Um, but since reopening, it's it's sort of been the same. So we're we're meeting remotely, and we're trying to have operations meetings, and trying to run jobs, and and do all that normal communication. So we're having other meetings where we're like, okay, when are we going to start meeting in person again? You know, right, right, right. So it's really been very much a transition. You know, week to week, we've been reopened for six weeks now, um, and no, 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 that's it's only been a week. I know. <laughs> right, right. I said we were we were closed for a million years. Right, right. And we've only <laughs> and been open for a week. Yeah, and we've been reopened for a day. <laughs> right, 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 right. They were both six weeks, but. Um, but so just this past week, we resumed an in-person operations meeting that has, um, we decided a maximum number that we were comfortable with. We actually have other folks joining from within the building, but not in the same room, just to kind of keep a cap on that. Um, and, you know, and at some point in the next couple of weeks, we'll reassess that. So just, you know, is it working kind of constantly? You know, when can we transition to something that feels a little bit more, um, 
you know, feels more like us. You know, Kevin shared with everybody that he really struggled with the, the Zoom meetings. Um, so he was eager to kind of leave them behind as soon as it felt reasonable and right. safe to do that. Right, right. You know, and I, I think there's a couple of lessons there. You know, part of it is you you were all flexible enough in your thought process to know that trying something didn't mean that it was going to be set in stone. You could try something, and if it didn't work, you could stop it. Uh, but also, rather than allowing what what is a very difficult situation to derail you, you all pulled together and started communicating more instead of less. I mean, I think that could be a pretty natural, you know, instinct, instinctive response. Well, I'm going to shut down and I'm not going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, and that, for me personally, that temptation was there. Right. <laughs> you know? right. It was like, you know, all, this is all too much. I'd rather just think about and deal with none of it. Bread. But, yeah, exactly. I'd rather just bake. <laughs> I'm going to bake. But, you know, it, it really, the, in reality, that was not an option as as tempting as it was as many times as it was tempting. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, you know, it was, it was not not really an option to kind of disappear and, and go AWOL. Right. Well, we, you know, we re bring it right back to that structure, right? There's there's meetings that as a team, as a Nolan painting team, you all participated in, and you might have broadened the meetings to either include more people or to have them more often, but the structure's in place, and so you didn't have to make something up. You already had a framework for it. You just modified it as yeah, you needed to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about culture now because uh, communication, safety, um, onboarding, those are all part of the culture that you guys have, have and maintain. And um, nobody can see this, but you guys just got some really nifty neoprene masks that have your logo on it. I think those are so cool. Um, how are you guys maintaining that culture with all of this enforced distance? Yeah, I mean, that's it's been one of the challenges. Um, you know, we, again, it's, there's like a, there's a physicality and like a presence to the job. So in the same way that, that people are on job sites at a customer's house, you know, we like to celebrate by having parties <laughs> here, there, and everywhere, you know, because we can engage and interact with each other. Um, so we've started to talk about what that looks like on the horizon when we can kind of gather again in person. Um, but I, I think it's really, we only just in the past few weeks have been, actually, in fact, to talk, to go back to meetings, it was, that really was Kevin's biggest issue with the Zoom meeting, was they're a, a very effective communication tool to communicate the facts, but mission, vision, values can really get lost. Um, so when, you know, how can we kind of turn our attention back to that? So I would say we're, we're still talking about what that looks like. Um, and, you know, even as, as we reopen and, you know, Pennsylvania has this color system and we went Because from, we're special. Yeah, we went from red to yellow, to yellow and I think we're going to be green in the next week or so. Um, you know, things are still going to be different and everybody's still going to have to be vigilant. So really talking about what does that look like and how do we kind of, you know, do we do our step challenge this year? <laughs> you know, those things that are, those are things that are fun and, you know, engage people and, um, we can kind of rally around. So really, for me, 
the second half of 2020 will be about ways to to pull that off. Right. You know, uh, you were talking about the Zoom meetings not necessarily having that emotional connection, right? And, you know, I'll, I'll bring it to what we do in the coaching world, right? And that I have become, I, I think, pretty skilled at being able to read people through that uh you know, that forced distance. And in some cases forced because, you know, I'm talking with somebody who's in Arizona and I'm in here in Pennsylvania. Um, but add the stresses of a scenario, you know, a series of situations that nobody knows how to handle. And, and all of a sudden you can't, you can't read somebody's body language and you can't read somebody's demeanor. And, you know, somebody could be short with you and it's not because they're stressed, but because, you know, you don't know what to cook for dinner. Yeah. You know, that's, it's a whole, it's a whole new world out yeah, there. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you found this. I mean, this is just kind of like a silly aside about Zooms, but we were having a daily crisis call um, every morning at nine and there were, you know, seven of us on the call. And you just, you know, I would always have like a list of like specific items to go over. And then, you know, it would always be kind of like if I would want to do it at the end of the call once we got through some of the meteor stuff. Um, and then I would think to myself, like, is it worth it <laughs> to even bring, like, how important is this stuff that I'm going to ask about? <laughs> Should I just follow up outside of this? You know, it's like things that you can in person just have this kind of quick, like, you know, you mention it and it's, yeah, you resolve it. It's just harder to do. Well, no, I, I actually, you know, I, I think of that as not, that's really not an aside, right? That's, that's a pretty important question. I think, you know, in the consulting group, we, we are meeting every day, four out of five days, and it's Friday, so we're going to have an in-person meeting at the park with a, with a couple of beers from the <laughs> Webfoot boys. Um, but the, you know, the, the opportunity to share those things, which maybe you're thinking of as trivial, because maybe the whole group doesn't need to be exposed to it, but they're important to you getting your job done. Um, it's a constant, it's a constant battle. Yeah. And, you know, think about, you know, people who are maybe painters or landscapers in the field who are thinking, wow, I can't really ask my field supervisor about this because they've got just too much on their mind. Well, no, they actually don't. Right. They have what you need to get done on their mind. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's one of the things. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, um, well, I, you know, I really am so grateful for you taking the time to, to go over some of these things with us. Um, any, any parting words that you wanted to throw out there? Gosh, I mean, it's, I, it's been a funny, again, funny, interesting. Those are like the nice ways to describe the past few months, but I've found that I've, I've found myself being like incredibly open about how challenging it's been. <laughs> so, and that to me has been like just kind of being honest about it um, has been really, you know, it's it's been it's not the way that I normally operate. Um, I usually am like everything's under control. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's nothing to see here. You know. Right. 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 Um, but just kind of you know. Admitting that we don't have all the answers, admitting that mistakes were made, um, admitting that it's been really hard yeah. has, has been humbling. You know, it's like it's made me feel like I can relate to people differently and better. Um, I, I very early on into this thought like, 
on the other side of this, I'm going to be a tougher, grittier person. I don't know that person yet, but I will, but I will someday. I'm going to be so happy to yeah. meet her. <laughs> yeah, like she, she sounds great. She sounds great. Right. But so, you know, I, I don't think I'm quite there yet, but I feel like I'm closer. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll then, uh, I'll, I should have you, let you have the last word, but I'll add to it because one of the things that I've always maintained is that vulnerability is actually a sign of strength. And so being able to be vulnerable about the challenges and share those with your team, with your peers, you know, with the owner of the business who happens to be your dad, that actually probably is the beginning of that grittier, stronger person. So good for you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, everybody, I hope that you've enjoyed today's podcast. Thank you very much for listening and you all have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business consulting firm located outside Philadelphia. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd like to hear from you. Visit our website, nolancg.com.